Good morning, my dear friends, and welcome to another episode of the Painting Pictures Podcast. I'm Gabriel Roberts, and I'll be your host, coming to you from northern Vermont on a beautiful, beautiful late spring, sunny <clears throat> morning. We might as well call it summer because the end of summer is really fall around here. So you might as well treat the end of spring as the middle of summer. You got to jump on it because it's going to be gone before you know it. Indeed, it is lovely here. The sun is shining and people are not dropping dead in the streets. And yet still, people are running around wearing masks. I feel like I'm in some sort of strange religious society that has sprung up all around me. I'm driving home yesterday and past a group of people standing around outside all wearing masks and it oh it just looks so strange like straight out of some sort of creepy cult movie. I don't know does anybody else have that feeling? It's like the virus is the god that we're all worshiping and it's the one true it's the one true god. And uh, it knows if you have faith in it or not. And if you have to fear it, it's the same thing. It's like fearing God. You have to fear the virus. People think they've been touched by the virus and they go to the testing site for the priest to tell them, my child, you, you have been touched by the virus. Or no, my child, you have not been touched by the virus. And the virus doesn't give a shit. The virus is like, guys, I didn't even kill anybody. Like, oh, no, 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 no. We fear you, virus. We bow down in fear to you. We put our masks on to show that we believe in you. Please, mighty virus, please. I, I swear I'll never touch another human being again. I'll, I'll cover my stupid dirty face every time I leave my house and the virus is like I, I don't even I'm not even I'm not even trying to kill you <laughs> please have mercy virus please have mercy I swear I'll do anything I'll never see my friends again <laughs> But again, it's summertime and it's beautiful out and nobody's dying, nobody's getting sick, but everyone's like, oh, it's coming back. The virus is watching us. The virus is watching and it's waiting and it's keeping track of those of us that believe in it or not. And those that do not have faith will be struck down by the mighty virus. The virus is like, guys, I, <laughs> it's summer. Um... It's nice out. It's humid out. This is not my jam. I'm out of here. There are millions other uh, viruses exactly like me circulating in your body right now, have been for thousands of years. I don't know why I'm getting all this attention right now. People are like, we, we've got to do something to show the virus that we believe in it. Well, we got to sacrifice our children. Cover the children's faces with masks. Cover their dirty, stupid, unfaithful faces and show the virus that we have faith. 
cover their tiny, stupid faces with tiny little masks. Make them stand in circles six feet apart. We believe in you, virus. We fear you. Iris is like, I have no interest in children. <laughs> children mean nothing to me. Don't you guys have, where are you getting the idea that this has anything to do with children? We must change ourselves, the people say. Virus, we worship you above all gods. Indeed, even our creator. Compared to you, mighty virus, our creator was a, Huts, a schlub, an idiot, a fool. He made these dirty, imperfect, stupid bodies, and we will forever alter them in your image, virus. We have a sample of your body. We will inject it into our bodies. We will train our genetic material to mimic your perfect form and show you that we want to be come one with you all right like that's a stupid idea <laughs> that's not gonna work don't don't do that guys <laughs> don't don't do that that's a really bad idea oh boy but the march the beat goes on right the beat goes on in the face of of numbers in the face of scientific studies in the face of scientists doctors doctors are like guys you're dying of cancer now okay <laughs> please 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 come and get your weekly checkup your monthly checkup people are like no i must worship the virus the virus is the only true god the virus is the only true cause of pain and suffering in this world <laughs> it's supplanted cancer people are more afraid of this virus than they are of cancer like oh i'll get cancer <laughs> sure i don't care i just don't want the virus that kills 0.2 per six percent of people that get it oh boy anyway that's how i feel like i'm in this weird sort of religious cult and i don't know i keep like holding things up but it's to to show people like what what about this though like <laughs> it's the same thing with religion heathen do not show me blasphemy blasphemy we only the other is only one true virus and there is only one scripture and that is the scripture that i guess dr fauci presents to us even though dr fauci wrote an editorial in march saying that the coronavirus is akin to the seasonal flu but again uh there's a moment of weakness even dr fauci is not perfect even our priests are not perfect his faith failed him in that moment but we must build him up we must surround him and imbue him with the strength to have undying faith in this virus and in the same way, you know, people will, if that this is what they believe, then they will, they will find evidence of this. That's sort of how this experience of humanity works. And I'm, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, fine, I, I go ahead. 
<laughs> do that. If that's what you're into, that's your thing. Fine. But when you're asking me to wear a mask or when you're asking children to wear masks and making them scared of each other and believe that they are a threat to grandma, it's like, come on, that's keep it to yourself. Religious freedom, right? But you got to respect my religious freedom too. That's all I'm asking. Just let me worship my own virus, God. Anyhow, I have a conversation to share with you folks. Our good friend Joe Gruen returns to discuss the continually crazy current events of the world to share his perspective. Hope you enjoy the conversation. We chatted for a couple of hours, and this podcast is part one. I'll someday soon, hopefully, sit down and put out part two. Why I split it into two parts, I don't know. Maybe just to keep you coming back for more. Thanks to Joe for joining and sharing his perspectives. Thanks for you. Thanks to you for tuning in. Thanks for you for being you. And for opening your ears to my mouth. It means a lot to me. If you have any questions, send an email to GabeRoberts at gmail.com. Or, better yet, use the Postal Service. Send a letter to Box 28, Craftsbury, Vermont, C-R-A-F-T-S-B-U-R-Y, Vermont, 05826. All right, on to the show. Da, 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 da. Joe Gruen. Hey, oh. You are being recorded. All righty then. Do you mind if I eat wheat thins? My nope. other co host doesn't let me eat on the podcast. Wheat thins. I haven't had one of those in a long time. Really? Yeah, are they GMO free? Huh? Are they non GMO? I have no idea. They're delicious. Do you care? I GMO or those those are growth hormones? Uh negative. That is a genetically modified organism. Oh. They do that for wheat? Pretty much everything now. It's amazing. I remember it being a like a a sort of a de, a debate in college when I took a genetics class. Mm-hmm. It was like an interesting topic to talk about the prospect of genetically modified crops, food crops. Oh, it was like a, like a, yeah. Like okay. a hypothetical. Right. And now it's the standard. Now it's, yeah, ubiquitous. I like that word, ubiquitous. Yeah. You could like win that. a Scrabble game with that, although you'd need way more letters than you're allotted. It's probably pretty much impossible to play that word. Unless you tack on to us. Or quit. Or quit. 
Wait, Ubik quit. Yeah, quit. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how it's spelled. We don't. You yeah. probably have to know that too. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played Scrabble in a long time. <sighs> Me neither. I feel my brain just like melting away every day. Wonder if, yeah. Wonder if board game sales have gone up or gone down. Probably stayed about the same. Well, they did just re- release Miss Monopoly. So. Miss Monopoly. Miss. Mon- Miz. Yeah. Or Miss? Miz? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty revolutionary game where the woman gets $240 every time she passes go to a man's 200 <laughs> I, wish that, I wish that was a joke. <laughs> it's, how the, it's actually the game. No, it's not. It is. Go look it up. Why? So men can see how it feels and get pissed off and never want to play the game again, I guess. <laughs> Seriously? 100% serious. Yeah, would not make that changes, up. Or is that the only difference? Uh, well, men probably... Uh, <laughs> women probably don't have to go to jail either, I would imagine. Right, okay. And men men have to stay in jail twice as long. And then, um, unless... Yeah, unless they're black men, then they get out early. Uh, but... <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. What else could it be? Something with the chance or the uh, community chess. Pulling my leg here? This is a real thing. Not totally real. This, but I wonder, uh, there must be some other thing. Like, it sounds like you could just play Miss Monopoly by changing, slightly changing the rules of regular Monopoly. But this is like a separate board game you can buy. Correct. An alternative board game. An alternative. To turn the tables. Yeah. You got to break that glass ceiling, but like one crack at a time. <laughs> yeah. By compensating women more. By ruining the childhoods of young boys playing these games. <laughs> Flipping it completely upside down. Can you imagine how unfair that is to like a young kid? And that's like all he has in his house to play. So many things are unfair to young kids right now. <laughs> I was thinking that the other day. I have two cousins. One of them is 13. One of them is 16. Both of them are experiencing two major milestones in a young Jewish man's life. And they're both boys. One was supposed to have their bar mitzvah this year, this summer. And the other one was supposed to get his driver's license this summer. And neither of those things are going to happen for them. I just felt it just hit me when I went and visited them. I was like, if I were you guys, I'd be revolting. This is not fair. Where did where did you go? Where do they live? They live off of uh, well, kind of down the street, almost like directly across the river from me, actually, on American River, not American River Drive, but like off of American River Drive. So, are they pissed? They were taking it really well. Um, they grow up in you know a liberal household, so their parents are telling them, you know, this has to be done. This is important. You know, uh, one of them is immunodeficient. He had cancer when he was three, uh, like a rare form of childhood cancer. So they're not sure about his immunities and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know. I think he, he'd be OK. But, um, you know, that's their choice to make. So they're playing it super careful. Uh, but I have to imagine they're going nuts. I mean, it's, you know, I guess there's nowhere to go if you have a car. So it doesn't really matter. But like, 
Oh my god, dude! I can't imagine. Remember, like we when we got our licenses, like how much debauchery we got into. Yes, it was, it was huge. It was our yeah. It was maybe the freest moment of our lives. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. I don't know, man. I would be. Uh, I think I would be. I don't know what I would be. It, it it's hard to say. I'd be pissed. I'd like to. If it if I had my mind, my current mind, in a, and I was back in high school, I would be super pissed. Well, that's a good if point. I, my high school mind, I might just be like. Uh, this is life, and at least I can play video games more. Yeah, and I guess if your friends aren't doing anything, you don't feel like you're lagging behind. Right. But still, like, I don't know. I guess I'd be pissed if I were them in, like, 10, 20 years when I realized this was all a hoax. Right. <laughs> and, and I uh, thought, oh, I just I missed out on my teenage years and 20s because of this crap. Yeah. Yeah, not an easy, not an easy thing to go through. You lose your graduation. You lose your prom. sports, sports prom, prom dances. It's and the the real test will be how how miserable is does school become when it resumes in the fall. Could it get any more miserable? <laughs> it could if you have to wear a fucking mask all day long. That's true. Feet apart from all the other kids. That's ridiculous. Yeah, they're going to bring like, back. Can you imagine the dances? Remember when they had the rulers? They're yeah. going to bring that back with like yardsticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, my God, dude. So many wackadoo things, huh? Yeah. Thank God they have like dances now that you can do on your own. Like nay-naying. Oh, I don't know Nay Nang. I think it's I think this is it. Okay. <laughs> Just like a lame cabbage patch, basically. <laughs> like um Yeah, our flossing. Oh, the floss. I never figured out how to do that. It just I tried it a few times. It's my head. Have you been able to pull it off? You have to go yeah. up and back. It it is very counterintuitive. It it doesn't follow the laws of it's like asymmetrical kind of. Uh-huh. I don't, my wife is really good at it. And She's good at it? Yeah. I've never met anyone over 30 that could do it, so that's impressive. Well, she's not over 30. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell her I said that. Uh, <laughs> but um, she's an old soul. Let's just say it. There you okay. go. Uh, yeah. So, oh, right. I have a great story about flossing. Which I thought was called the backpack kid dance for a long time. Okay. Yeah. He showed up in a, I think the first kid to do it, the kid that invented the move showed up in a Katy Perry music video. Wow. And then he forever became known as backpack kid. Yeah. Backpack on when he did it. And uh, I was at a party, a new year's party with like a bunch of San Francisco and Oakland yuppies. And this like super nice house. Actually, it was the house that Joanna was living in. She was living in it at the time, like six or seven other people. Yeah. Uh, but it was like this, it was like this mansion in Oakland, basically, like big time house. And um, anyway, so there were like a hundred, hundred fifty people there, and uh, it was. I, I enjoyed talking to like a lot of the people, but like so many of them were like high on acid that I couldn't. 
like there i was definitely a fish out of water yeah. by the end of the night uh when people were staring at shit and i was like i guess that's cool but i don't really see what you guys are seeing here um anyway there was a moment in the party where uh this girl who was a singer slash songwriter acoustic guitarist she's she was gonna have the concert yeah in the middle of like the living room so everyone kind of gathered around and we listened to her play and she was really good and then she took like a quick kind of like a segue to switch um instruments or something or tune her guitar differently anyway this one kid gets up who i had thought remember i thought i was the fish out of the water at this party because i wasn't high well this one kid stands up he's this like super awkward asian kid probably in tech um, but looked, you know, 22 years old, 23, like fresh out of college. And he stands up. He's like, okay, guys, I have an idea. How about everybody gets up and does the backpack kid dance? Oh, no. Who, who's going to do the backpack kid dance? <laughs> and like, he didn't start, but he just kept like pitching it to this room full of like, People in their 30s and 40s, you know, for the most part. Um, who's going to do the backpack? And then <laughs> I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. The girl who was the songwriter, she does it in this perfect songwritery concert kind of way. She's like, uh, yeah, yeah. How about we don't? <laughs> <laughs> Just starts like playing her song. Oh. And I just like I had to like contain the laughter and oh. the just cringe and and just I just remember like melting into my seat oh. for him. I was like, if I was this kid, oh, there's God. I would never stay around. I would leave, take my stuff, I'm out of here. That guy's not gonna get over that for like months. It's devastating. <laughs> that was like the most courageous thing he ever did. Totally. And he it got was... crickets. Worse than crickets. Acknowledgement, but, but like contemptuous, passive contemptuous acknowledgement. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, uh, so uncomfortable. It was great. It, it was something that like would play out in a high school, but yeah. like happening in adult life. Like for me, almost, you know. 12, 13 years after high school. So I was just like, this is... <laughs> this is just like a relic. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a month and a few days since our last chat. Yes, it has. Uh, how are things in, in Sacramento? Well, let's say... Let's rewind to... Fucking hot. Yeah. Is it... Yeah. How were things up until, what, a week ago when the George Floyd thing happened? About two weeks ago now, I'd say. Okay. Right, it was George, the Floyd killing. Were things changing, opening up from in that month since our last podcast? Were things like... Yeah, so I, uh, not, nothing had opened up yet. Uh, and there hadn't been any formal um, lifting of the stay-at-home order uh, by Newsom, Governor Newsom. And I still believe that that hasn't occurred yet here. Mm -hmm. uh, 
but there were businesses that were were going to be allowed to open up with actually no i don't think any of that happened actually i think everybody was still on lockdown you could do takeout i know that i know tons more people were on the road because as you know i've been out driving a lot so like from the time we shot our last podcast to now i was saying like i'm starting to see more people on the road a month ago and then you know now it was like uh, within a couple of weeks, it was just like gradually picking up and I was getting stuck in traffic jams and stuff like that. Um, so that happening with schools still closed and with most businesses still closed. Yeah. So people were just like going out, driving wherever they wanted to, getting some takeout for themselves instead of ordering from, you know, services, sure. uh, walking around, exercising. Like you saw people outside for the most More. part. It was it was less than I was used to prior to all of this stuff months ago, you know, but yeah, a noticeable pickup. Yeah. And then, and how many, how many people like on average, would you say were wearing, wearing masks while driving their cars? Way too many. Uh, that was just like a noticeable thing of people wearing masks while driving in their cars, which is one of the fucking most, you're an insane person. The analogy, the best analogy I've heard is from a Mexican guy that works at the farm here. He's uh-huh. like, yeah, man, that's like, uh, that's like, that's like Jerking if you get, in, you get in bed by yourself and you put a condom on. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, jerking off with a condom. Exactly what it is. Yeah. Why? Why are you doing with it? With the windows up. Huh? With Damn the windows, windows up. up. Oh, totally. No, that's not even the craziest thing I've seen, though. The craziest thing I've noticed, and like, granted, it could just be people who are just weird in how they drive and pull up to lights. But I've seen, I swear I've seen it more in the last three months, are people who will pull up to a car and and instead of being like, you know, I don't know, half a car length parked back, they're like a full two car lengths back. (laughs) (laughs) They're social distancing in their cars. In their cars, yeah, because <laughs> they don't know what to do. They're just like, I'm so confused. How do I be a good person? And and right, maybe, not my, maybe my car can spread the virus. Toyotas, I think. I think Toyotas spread vi- spread the virus. Definitely Toyotas, uh, possibly Nissans. We just know so little about this virus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you could have it right now. Your car could have it. Yeah, for sure. You could be, and you could be in that the two days before you manifest symptoms that you could be contagious. Right. Uh, that could be, that could be today. That could, could be, be today for the rest of your life. Could have even been yesterday. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> so, all right. So things were, think there was just a general increase in activity. Yes. So and gradually then, people kind of like looking at the recommendations because, Keep in mind, like, none of this stuff was written into law. Like, you could go outside. Hate to break it to people. You could go outside this whole time. Right. And there's really not much they could have done. I think you're right. I don't think, I think they may, any pushback you would get would probably not hold up in court. And it would be totally superficial. I mean, you'd have to come across that one dick cop that wants to take it there. But the reality is they were releasing people from prison right for nonviolent crimes and there's nothing violent about being outside without a mask on or not social distancing so i mean 
yeah, you would have maybe been brought to the station and then let go. Yeah. Which seems like more of a just them risking infection of themselves and other people at the station. Like, you could have argued it the whole way. And they'd have yeah. been like, you know, I'm full of shit right now. At a certain point, they would have been like, something doesn't add up here. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I noticed people just kind of rejecting these recommendations more often. And that was encouraging, but still certainly not the amount of people who I would have liked. But then, of course, the George Floyd protests happened, and that went out the window. Now it's like... People still care enough to post shit on Facebook about this stuff, but I highly doubt anyone cares enough not to go outside. Cares enough about the virus. Yeah, I don't think anybody takes it seriously anymore. It's more of like a rhetorical uh, posting kind of thing. Yeah, but people still are wearing the masks. At least around here. Really? Yeah, the weird thing is here... um, I'm remembering the very, like, in the very beginning when there was just reports of the virus in Wuhan. And I think there was even, even to the point where there was an outbreak in New York. I don't know. But I remember early on being in the store, which is, like, where everybody, like, gathers, basically. Or you, not gathers, but like you just run into people constantly. You congregate there, yeah. A little bit. You stop and chat for five minutes with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I remember there. I remember one person, one of my friends, shaking my hand and saying, uh, "I'm ready to get it." This is like really early on. This is just like uh-huh. initial reaction to the concept of of a virus before it getting drilled into everybody's brains about all the social distancing and shit. Sure. So probably late February, early March. Yeah. And he's like, I'm ready to get it. He's like, you know, we all die at some point or something like that. Like, just jokingly, like, here, right. wanted to shake my hand. And I was like, cool, yeah, whatever. And yeah. then another person who, uh, giving me a hug. And, like, I remember the feeling of it, like, her being, like, intentionally, like, I'm a hugger. And, like, I'm still a hugger. Yeah. And, like, there was that, I, there was that initial reaction before people had gotten programmed about it being a political thing. People, sure people's initial reaction was definitely like the way to handle this is to like to to take it on head on like there's nothing to be afraid of totally i had a date with a girl who was a type 1 diabetic and whose brother died from respiratory issues like she had all sorts of reasons to to be afraid of something like this and yet we went on a date and and it was fine it was right before it was when like exactly in the period you're talking about Right, right before the stay-at-home orders were issued. Yeah, because I think once that happened, everything got political really quick. Yeah. The people that were ordering the stay-at-home orders were Democratic governors. Yeah. And the people who were not taking it seriously was Trump, right? He was saying only 10, 15 people were going to die. Right. Um, and some other Republican governors. And it's just, it just became partisan almost instantly, and then you couldn't have a rational conversation about it. Like, it's almost like people threw out whatever feelings they had about it, and cool. just stood the party line. Totally, dude. It's weird to look back at that and to see that the everything that has come out since there's been anyway, there's it doesn't seem like there's been anything to change to make any actual data to suggest that the thing is more deadly than it than it seemed at that very beginning. Sure. And like you say, it's just been all the rhetoric. But anyway, we went from that to now and then and we went through the whole thing. Um 
the whole flattening the curve, yada, 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 the sh- this shut down, yada, yada, yada. Sure. And now, and maybe it's because things are starting to open up again a little bit in Vermont, but now the mask wearing is... Uh, is way up and all the businesses now like you used to be able to go into the post office yeah. now signs on all the doors masks required there's people posting on our message board saying pleading for the town to mandate that masks be required in all the businesses sure and so it's like wait a second but if you the numbers are going down right or just more adamant about it's uh well because they've been stirred into a frenzy they're like legitimately afraid of this thing because yeah. it's so unprecedented the way this has been covered and the way the response, as we've said before, the shutdown of everything. So unprecedented that a normal person looks at that and thinks there's no way that it's not that big of a deal. If this was the response and this was the, this is the coverage, like there's just no way it's not a big deal. So right. people on the left and the right have been kind of scared into thinking this is humongous. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so then you know, what's, been, what's been different then since the George Floyd thing? Well, it kind of pulled the mask off, right? In a way. <laughs> I mean, not, not to be, you know, uh, uh, not to use wordplay there, but like, yeah, it, it kind of pulled the mask off of the whole thing. It, it was clear once people were gathering in the streets to protest yeah. and admittedly unjust killing and, and yeah. you know, exercising their right to free speech, um, but clearly not social distancing, and more than half were not wearing masks, um, and they were shouting, which, you know, projects spit onto the person in front of you, or the people right. in front of you. It was clear at that moment that that those people obviously didn't care about the virus, and then the people who would support these protests, Regu- like who would under normal circumstances support the protest were put in a position where they had to make a choice right. and all of a sudden the choice became support the protests interesting and, and forget the virus and um it was interesting because it, it like i almost saw a complete flip-flop you know you had these like republicans that were coming out and being like like uh using it as a tool like you know what they were saying what i'm saying which is like well, what about the virus but they yeah. were saying it in earnest like you guys are monsters for being outside because you're gonna spreading spread the virus uh-huh. yeah and then when we were protesting for our jobs you know you cracked down on us and it was like uh-huh. that's not the right way like there's a right approach to this which is that I, which is I, I never took the virus seriously and so I don't take it seriously now. I support people's right to protest. And I supported the other people's right to protest when they lost their jobs. And that's just like such a clear, clearly, I don't know, moral point for me that I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, <laughs> it's a very interesting situation. Yeah. Um. What's, there is a demonstration this evening in our little town up on the common, and the the message for it was uh, complete with you know, reminders to practice social, social distancing and wear masks. Pretty uh, hard to do that, by the way. I mean, I don't know how tight your streets are, but like, 
if everyone stood six feet apart, you'd be able right. to fit maybe a hundred people per protest without it looking right. stupid. Oh my god, dude! I don't know. It's uh, it's hard time. I have a hard time not um. Yeah, just kind of finding it really funny and absurd, the whole thing. Yeah, anyone with, like, a logical, rational brain has to look at this and go, something is wrong. This is yeah. serious. Something is seriously wrong here. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting just to watch. Well, and and it's it's a little hard for me to gauge. I really have not read virtually anything about the riots i don't know how my sense of it though is that it's kind of like covid it's being pumped up to be a little more than it is i've seen a lot of people posting about it on social media to just you know the, the typical outrage olympics to see who who can sure who can be the most outraged or just or, a lot or the most really empathetic nice. there's yeah. an empathy olympics too yeah and a lot of it's been really nice. I mean, a lot of it's been really nice and eloquent. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people are really thinking about this issue, which is a really important issue. Sure. Um, but it's, uh, my sense of it is that it's, there aren't mass, masses of people like revolting and, and burning. Sh- I mean, I don't know. Well, it's interesting. I, I you know, I I think the burning and like the smashing and the rioting elements will always be overplayed in the media. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see the same video over and over again. I remember I was watching CNN or I kind of flip between CNN and MSNBC and Fox News to see how they all cover the same story. Mm-hmm. That sounds like fun. I do that all the time. And then um, I remember Fox News was like two days after. um uh did you just text me something sorry negative i heard a, I heard a beep of somebody um anyway uh yeah so i heard i i remember watching fox news it was like two days after the last serious night night of rioting and they were mm-hmm. showing riot tape and then if you watch it you were like oh my god the city's burning tonight again and then you'd see the little date up in the corner it was like oh this is from two nights ago oh really yeah so like um and they were talking about it in the present tense. Like, this is, you know, these riots are crazy. Yeah. These cities are burning. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it, but you have to, like, you know, if you're not being observant and and analytical, then you just think that it's going on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but you didn't see anything in Sacramento, like, big uh, evidence of destruction or masses of people in the street or anything like that? No, there was clearly riot rioting here like sharif's jewelers got smashed in and raided um a cvs got raided uh we had a big fire in south sack of some sort of manufacturing plant we had uh yeah we had some some we had a ton of people boarding up their their windows and that was pretty funny like i passed one that said like queer owned business and it wouldn't Uh have been you know don't you know justice for floyd queer owned business and i i remember like like i wouldn't have thought that was i wouldn't have known what that meant like if i didn't hear about a year ago what queer means do you want to know what queer means yeah it's basically an umbrella term so for people who don't feel who are non-binary so like 
Well, but not even gender-wise. Like, you can identify it as... It means you don't identify as heterosexual or homosexual. But, like, you could be a person that, like, one of us could, like, still only have sex with women, only be attracted to women, and come out as queer. And a lot of people do that. (laughs) So, like, tons of celebrities do it. They say, "I'm, I'm queer. And... They're like, okay, what does that mean? Like, it just means that I'm not heterosexual. But you, you know, are. I only have sex with the opposite sex. The opposite sex, exactly. Huh, didn't know that. Yeah, I thought so it meant Queer homeless. and gay are two different things. Totally different things, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Although gay, gay evolved from queer. Like, queer is like the oldest term for it. Like, huh. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's more of a derogatory term, I thought, back in the day. But anyway. Right. A little off topic, uh, but I just thought it was funny that, like, they put that up because in my mind, I'm like, first of all, queer doesn't mean anything. It just could mean that you're heterosexual. It doesn't want your business burned. Yeah. And secondly, <laughs> uh, like, who thinks that's going to matter? <laughs> like, when people just want to, like, raid a store, you think they're going to go, oh, no, this is a queer business. All right, guys. All right. right. Back off. We've got a sense of order here. We're not right. going to we're not going to break in here. We got principles, guys. Right. Well, right. That's the thing is, I guess I'm wondering who these people are that are out there. And and my sense of it is that anybody that um, like in our circle or whatever that will want to post something on social media, they're not going to go out and smash it. No. But if there's sort of a sense of like, okay, there's a free for all, then there are definitely plenty of desperate people out there that will take the opportunity to... um, to steal some shit, right? Of course. And and there's plenty of videos online that show that, like, some, it's not a racial thing. Like, there are... I saw videos, obviously, of, like, like uh, people kind of following the protest. And then, like... Because uh, the protest moves forward, right? You got a line of cops. And they're just kind of constantly being pushed back. Or okay. they're marching forward. But there's a whole area behind that's not being monitored by police. Because all the police are on the front line. Yeah. And so people just sneak in and start smashing shit and doing whatever <laughs> they want. And, like, uh, it's not a racial thing. Like I said, it's not all black. There's, like, videos of black people. And there's videos of these, like, teenage and, you know, what would, you'd call Antifa white kids, you know, that cover their faces and just want to cause mayhem. And yeah. they're anarchists, so they just want to, like, break shit. Yeah. And, like, you know, I went to the 99% rallies back in 2008. Like, I met people like that. Like, I know yeah. they're out there. Right. Um, but it's just, like, you know. It, it, it's not um i don't i don't know if it's as widespread it's i would say it's probably not as widespread as the media is making it out to be um yeah. but i also think that it's a little bizarre to go on facebook and read people's posts like defending rioting and right. and realizing that they don't have to live in those neighborhoods afterwards right <laughs> like like it's real easy to be like uh you know um talk about how like uh i don't know if you were like a saddam hussein supporter back in the day and be like well saddam hussein's just keeping his people in line and like right like, you know you know he's you know whatever he's he's keeping control of the and then it's like well you don't have to live there so of course sure. you don't care what he's doing or, or like what the the negative aspects of his regime are so it's like i don't know i always kind of like i get a little perturbed when i see people who have no skin in the game totally yeah 
I I do too. It's uh, I I'm still like just resenting the fact that all of the attention on on COVID has been co-opted and and directed elsewhere. Yeah, and that now like great, you want to go march for? Fr- I mean, essentially, it's about it's about freedom for everybody, right? I mean, that's yeah, freedom from police brutality. Although it does get kind of pointed through the narrow focus of police brutality against black people which will right. help black people but it won't help the rest of us if you just ignore you know there's certainly police right i mean police brutality is is an issue regardless of race, race right yeah um so i mean that's a whole other that's a whole other topic and it's definitely worth discussing yeah i didn't mean to like sidetrack this whole no, no, pod because no. I, I think it's just something we it's unavoidable we were going to talk about it but like yes it's but what I what what gets me is like uh, that people it's like do you how, okay so how many of these people like really care about this enough and really feel like right now of all times is the time that we need to do something about this and like okay so great I I respect that if that is the way you feel but sure uh, did you not care about your own rights being completely taken away? Um, right. Was that not important to you? Like, how can I thought you... 2.2 million people were going to die. Right. I mean, yeah. are 2.2 million not... people affected by police brutality every year? The answer is no. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. But... No, that's no, that's fine. But I guess that's what's. That's what bothers me a little bit. It's like, okay, now you're being prompted to go riot. Go into and action. Before, you were being prompted to shut the fuck up and stay in your house. Right. So, like, I, I just it's don't ju- I don't buy it. Like, it yeah, doesn't feel authentic ar- to me. The message is irrelevant. The problem, and I think we brought this up on the last podcast, is that people are too willing, all too willing to take an order and do it. And it feels like people are sacrificing and surrendering autonomy and critical thought in favor of uh, taking orders or, or taking cues on how to think. Yeah. And it's, it's the problem that's present in the arguments about trusting the experts wholeheartedly. It's the argument that's pre- present in you know, people on the other side who say to trust the government wholeheartedly. It's it's just there in every subgroup of society. And and that seems to be the overall linking factor. People who just don't want to think for themselves anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm all about it, I think, at heart. I, w- I, I like the idea of, of people showing up in mass to demonstrate the power of people yeah that's not it's that's super not what exciting. i have a problem but if the problem like yeah sorry if you're just doing it uh in this particular moment when you're told to do it and then what i mean uh, what yeah i have a really good book for people and you um it's called uh yeah i, I saw that smile you're like you don't read i do i read this one book <laughs> no that it's, was <laughs> and actually i'm like blanking on what it's even called right now so i don't know why i'm bringing it up it's uh hoffer it's by a guy named eric hoffer 
and it's called um you know i'm gonna look it up after the next time you talk i'm gonna look it up online right. but it's we'll it's a put great it in the book show notes. we're gonna have yeah. show notes today sweet uh it's gonna break down so this book basically breaks down how people who were uh nazis in uh, in nazi germany quickly moved to being socialist in east germany once the wall was put up and how it happened pretty easily you know like and they were monarchists before right so p and democracy they had kind of like a shell democracy in germany prior to the nazi regime okay so it just kind of talks about how these people the same group of people went from democrats quote unquote to nazis quote unquote you know fascists and then to communists and how it just they moved their ideologies with whoever was in power and whoever mm -hmm. was in control of them and how it was that easy and and they they would rat out their families for these causes and they would mm -hmm. rat out their friends and they would you know give their lives for these causes if it and 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 it comes from a an inherent lack of meaning like like it could only have happened in a place like germany that was devastated by two world wars mm that that you would have people this broken and this in need of meaning mm. uh that you know you got to remember they were unemployed you know like they, their money was sure. worthless uh their families were starving before their eyes and so they they needed something to cling to to make them feel like people with purpose and so they'd cling to ideology and it's really a book about super short it's only about like 150 pages it's a it's a book about um the dangers of of that of having a large enough group of people like that and mm -hmm. i think that that's what's happening now and it's been going on really since the great recession or even toward uh since the recession of the 90s where tons of jobs started moving overseas and you had cities like flint popping up with just like devastating poverty right there are people who just had nothing to do and they lived generations in that and so they're just searching for meaning they're just searching to matter and so they're clinging right. to ideology. Right. Yeah. There is something like that. Something weird going on. It's amazing how, uh, well, where we, so where do we go? Where would we go from here? What do you think is going to happen? What's the, what's here? this? Yeah. So what are we going to get out of this whole, of this whole protest thing? Is it going to be like Occupy where they're just like, oh, well, they don't really know what they want. My sense is that there's going to be some actionable. What's his face is going to go to Maybe. prison forever. Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, he's got second degree murder charges. I think those carry 40 years or so. So and he's only be... in his 40s. So he'll get out in his 80s or so. Okay, but it's going to be a big deal. That whole trial is going to oh, be totally. huge. It's going to be the next OJ Simpson. They'll probably allow cameras in it, which you're, is not allowed but they'll probably just televise the whole thing what do you think of course it's too big of a story i think yeah, yeah i think they'll televise it um i think well i think the the biggest thing that i've been thinking about in reference to the trial is i'm a little concerned that a second degree murder charge isn't going to be able to stick because there are certain standards you have to hit to get you know first second or third degree murder charges third degree is also known as manslaughter and it's really you know third degree can be involuntary but like mm -hmm. gross negligence 
Mm-hmm. Second degree has to be some intent. Mm-hmm. You have to prove intent to kill. And uh, but you can you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily planned out. And that's why it's sometimes called like depraved heart murder. Huh. Um, it's because it can just be like a person who, you know, wakes up one day, walks around, uh, looks at somebody, has no reason to want to kill them, really, but just decides to kill them. That's like a second degree murder, basically. Hmm. And then there's first degree murder, which is, um, you know, intentional planned um, mm-hmm. There has to be some motive there. Uh, but but all of those charges carry uh, standards. Mm-hmm. And so it's this this charge started out third degree for the primary officer as manslaughter. Mm-hmm. And then it got bumped up to second after the week of protest. And, and there's a big issue with that, because if this goes to court and he doesn't get charged. Or convicted, or he, he doesn't get convicted. Well, then you got a whole country that's ready to riot again. Right. And, and that's a problem. That's 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 going to be. It'll bring up all the emotions. It's going to verify and justify everything they think is true, which is that the system is broken and works against them. So it's irresponsible for a prosecutor to charge something that they're not very sure that they can convict on. Um that's the thing that bothers me the most about this. And that, I guess, would be my only prediction moving forward is um, there's a real possibility that they can't convict him for second degree murder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, I guess that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me now that you talk about that, because then that would just uh, I mean, in my mind, I. I'll just say it, I'm not convinced that the cop and the the guy who got ki- killed are not actors of some sort i'm not convinced that it's a real i mean i'm convinced that shit like that does happen um but there's some i don't know there's some fishy things around uh around their interactions them both having supposedly worked at the same bar before they work Um, together yeah from what i just the way like this guy knows he's being filmed and like what is he's not waiting for backup right i mean there's three other cops right there like why is he just why is he just kneeling on the guy's neck for fucking eight minutes? It well, just he didn't really any... he didn't really need backup because there were three other cops that were kneeling on his right Boyd's back. So why are part. they all just hanging out there until he passes out? You know, it's a good it's a good question. Um, it doesn't make any sense? I don't know, but I I I'm so I really hesitate with the the crisis actor stuff. Like I yeah. I just I can't. First of all, it's unprovable. Or yeah. disprovable, and so it's it's one of those things that like it really falls in the category of of theory to me. Sure. Um, and and unprovable hypotheses, and sure. And I think that the danger, and granted, we don't have a big enough platform for it to matter, but like it's one of the reasons why I really don't like Alex Jones because he was saying the same thing about the Sandy Hook kids. Yeah. And and how their parents were crisis actors. Yeah. And as a result of that, a lot of his followers like emailed angrily or called angrily or harassed like these parents who had just lost their children i heard about that i was like oh my god like if there was one thing i would not be able to take after losing my kid it's being told that my kid is not actually dead and that i'm an actor deep state actor right i i did that i yeah i i can never delve into that kind of stuff so i just avoid it wholeheartedly i think that george floyd's dead and i think that chauvin killed him yeah Based off of the video, you know? Yeah. 
but even so, but just going off of that, like that's where, that's my starting point is I'm not convinced that because I, I, I think there are a lot of instances going back um, where particularly killings, assassinations, like I don't like there's a great paper on JFK and breaking down that whole thing. And it's like the virus, like we're all we're all arguing over, you know, where the virus came from or how deadly it is. But like it's it's going back to square one and being like, is there a virus? Um, you know, and probably, but same thing with like JFK, like, did he even die? Like, sure. Was he even killed? And are we just arguing all from the same square one of assuming that this thing actually happened? And I guess it doesn't, it doesn't ultimately in this case, it doesn't change the issue because obviously this kind of stuff does happen. We mm-hmm. all know that police brutality does happen. We all know that black people have gotten fucking brutalized and and killed at the hands of you know. Sure. So it doesn't really change the the issue of needing to change that system. But um, I think that for me, the awareness of that being a possibility opens up to the possibility that the entire thing is controlled from the outset, and that the trial will be controlled, and it'll be sent whichever way suits, you know, the agenda best in terms of creating the the right amount of uproar uh, or whatever. Yeah, in order to respond with, like, military force. Because I I, I do think... who knows? I don't even fucking know. Maybe they don't even know. That's the other... Like, See, I'm... There's a great um, quote that says, you should never attribute to malice what can be explained with, with ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or uh, maybe ignorance isn't the right term, but like a uh, mistake, like, mm-hmm. like people doing things negligently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that holds a lot of water for me. Like mm-hmm. I will, I will always assume somebody is incompetent. Oh, it's mm-hmm. incompetence. Mm-hmm. Always assume someone's incompetent over being nefarious mm-hmm. because I think there's so many more incompetent people in the world than there are nefarious people, totally. particularly in power. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of how, what I, what I view this prism through, but, but to your point, um, this certainly leaves the door open for, uh, rapid in the same way as the virus rapid expansion of, uh, authoritarian rule. Mm-hmm. Right. That's definitely the, uh, I mean, and that narrative has been around, you know, that's been around for a while as people talking about, you know, we're losing our rights and, and it's going to be a police state, um, and all that. And I guess I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. And I guess that's probably because I live out in Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. I live, uh, yeah, (laughs) I live in Sacramento. So it's a little different. Um, I think the important thing for people is to realize that yes, it's been talked about a lot. It's also happened. It a lot in the future and almost every, you know, p- period in human history for every generation. It's happened somewhere in the world. You're and, talking about um, some kind of martial law? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. An authoritarian regime. I mean, yeah. I think we have a president right now who, if given the opportunity, would do it hands down. Um, but we thankfully have a system of checks and balances that makes that very, very hard. But why? What would he what would he have to gain from that? Or why would he want rule? to? Why would anyone? I mean, it's it's super fun. <laughs> but are you talking to have like, control over like, other people? Like going to like trying to go to like 
Putin kind of level of like, oh, postponing elections and that kind of shit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, or, or, you know, silencing press members he didn't like or like completely whole... obliterating papers. Like there's there's he, I think he would do it if given obliterating the opportunity. What? Like obliterating The New York Times, obliterating, you know, CNN, just like Shh. saying they're illegal. All they're outlawed. Dude, hundred. Well, I'm for it, too. I hate those papers. But the point is, I think he would do it if given the opportunity. And I definitely don't want to see him be able to do that because that's the first step toward like, like if he only if he obliterates every paper that doesn't like him and then keeps the ones that agree with him, then we're that's terrible. That's a terrible outcome, because then, you know, in only a generation or two, you're going to have a country that just believes one way and is not experiencing free thought either. So it's like we have to have in place a structure and we do that limits the executive branch from getting everything that it wants. Mm -hmm. I think the the two party paradigm is like way too effective at controlling people. What it's more oh. effective at controlling people than a top down uh like dictatorship, I think. Because people I think they both don't, suck. Yeah. People think that they're not controlled. It's the illusion of choice. Yeah. And I think you're 100% right. Like, I think we live in a plutocracy. I don't think we live in in a democracy. Um, and that's clear. That is clear based off of the events <laughs> of just the last three months. When you have yeah. so many people who just wanted to go to work and live their lives normally, and they weren't allowed to. And, and what then was you that, want thing, that thing Jeff posted that billionaires have increased their wealth like some obscene amount in the three in the months of the lockdown yeah i don't know the amount but does it even matter when you're talking about billions of dollars i mean it's like it's not yeah yeah they're just they're increasing it all the time that yeah there's you know they were playing the stock market um so there everyone thinks that these big businesses didn't want to shut down but at the end of the day there's there's an advantage there to not shutting down for the ceos they get unlimited streams of funds and they can There's fire an to shutting down. You mean? Yes. Yes. They, they can fire a bunch of people. Totally. They can stall operations, which cut costs. And then they can uh, right. play they the lay a bunch market. of people off. Everyone just goes on the dole. So it's a yeah, just they hose can, hose the fucking treasury even more. They know the stock market is going to collapse and their stock is going to collapse with it. Then they can buy their stock back at a low rate mm-hmm. and watch it climb because mm-hmm. like. There are a few individuals, you know, hedge fund, hedge fund people that basically control the stock market. So if they know those people, they can, you know, phone it in, get the stock raised again, then mm-hmm. sell it back for high amounts, watch it drop. Like, it's just going to, like, it's so easy. The, the idea that businesses didn't want this shutdown is wrong. It's 100% wrong. Now, if they didn't have a relationship with the Federal Reserve, that'd be one thing. But they do. Yes. It's small businesses that are getting screwed completely and wiped out, wiped out. I just talked to my neighbor who is a florist and her um, her whole business is on people getting married in Vermont. And she does the flowers for these weddings. And that is all canceled for her whole season. And she has gotten zero in help. Um, she's filled out forms. She's tried. She's smart gal and uh, mm-hmm. nothing. 
It doesn't matter. She doesn't have the lawyers on retainer that got to the front of the line before the bill was even passed. Right. Like there was no chance for small businesses. They just never stood a chance. And now what? Restaurants are supposed to open with 25% capacity? Yeah, 25% capacity. Um, Do they get to pay 25% of their mortgage? Who knows? I have no idea how the details on it work. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, did the mortgage payments get, you know, uh, delayed? It's or, ridiculous. Or what? But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm tons of businesses. Like old restaurants around here. Classic restaurants in Sacramento, like Biba's. I don't know if yeah. you've ever been there. The Italian place. That place so. is out of business. Um, it's, it's, it was like a hundred year business here and it's gone. Really? Yeah. Um, it's just really sad. And people are like, you know, they're looking at the recent job jobs numbers that show like a little boost in employment. First of all, it's nothing in comparison to the 40 million jobs that were lost, but, um, it was like two and a half million over the next little last month. It's all the contact tracers. That's right. Yeah. But it's also Amazon delivery people because the one thing people are not realizing here or plant workers, because the one thing people aren't realizing here is we've left the door open for a problem we haven't faced in over 100 years, and that's monopolies. Right. We're going to get a mega monopoly totally. in, in Amazon, in Disney, in uh, you know a few other handful of companies Verizon. that are going to basically run the country. Yeah, Verizon. Yeah. And it's and that should scare the shit out of people because those, that's yeah. never been good. That's that's the plutocracy we were talking about, or oh, an yeah. aristocracy. You know, the wealthy are going to run this country even more than they did before. Yeah, yeah, we've got to find a way to get off of uh, reliance on those, on all those corporations. Totally. I, sh- I sent you that article about the uh, I don't know if you read it about the CEO, uh, the CEOs of hospitals. And how many billions they made and furloughing, you know, getting aid from the government and then furloughing doctors and nurses. I saw that. And so to connect that to like former talking points that we've had, like everyone was like, well, why did these hospitals, why would they, you know, exaggerate COVID deaths? What what advantage is it to them? It's like, well, the advantage is clear. It's at least (laughs) the CEOs. Yeah. They made out with billions. Right. So what does happen now, Joe? What do we what what the heck are people I mean, our our brains are 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 soup at this point. Well that's right? the point, isn't it? Yeah. Can you go out? Do you go outside? Do you not go outside? You just uh you 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 just make do with with the the takeout food you can get, the T V shows you can watch and hope for being able to go to concerts next year? I mean, that's what everything's just postponed until next year. So what's going to change? What's going to is it going to be a vaccine that's going to be the the gateway to uh, getting to like have events again or restaurants getting to actually be open again? Or what do you think? Well, I I think that what we're going to see is the government will will keep it going as long as it can. Certain states will. California will. New York uh, has opened up, but not fully. The government is always looking for ways to expand its power. And, it, you know, speak, you know, referencing back what we what I just said or what you just said about like, yeah, 
they've always like there have always been people trying to expand authoritarianism. But the point is, that's that's what the people need to always remember is that their rights are fragile and their liberties are fragile. And if they're not fighting for them, there are people in power that are ready to take them. Yeah. The and, scariest and, thing is the fucking Supreme Court. And wait, wait, re- really, before before you yeah, get yeah, to that, yeah, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I think we're going to see is a rise in something called agorism. Do you know what agorism is? No. Agorism is essentially nonviolent revolt. So the like the people, it's 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 breaking the law and stepping outside of the primary market to in order to not be restricted by the laws that are placed on the market. So um, yeah. a good example of that's like prohibition where you had bootleggers. It's a perfect example of agorism. It's nonviolent, at least until the mafia got involved. And um, But it was a way to just break the law and stand outside of the market and say, we're going to sell alcohol even though we know that it's prohibited and illegal because we don't think it's that big of a deal. And I think you're going to see a rise in that. You're going to see people throwing their own concerts. You're going to see people yeah. having parties in the streets. Yeah. You're going to see people not social distancing. And when cops come up to them, they're going to say, then arrest me. Yeah. If that's what you need to do, arrest me. But I'm going to live my life. Yes. Yes. That's agorism. Let's do it. I'm going to go play soccer on Sunday. Go do it, man. There was apparently some soccer. I went up and talked to the guy that I used to play soccer with. And I was like, hey, man, I heard there was some soccer on Sunday. And he kind of like. He kind of like looked around, around like yep. it was this dirty little secret that, oh, my God, on a summer day, heaven forbid, he'd gone out with his son and a couple of friends and played some soccer. Sure. But he's like, I'm more concerned about people's reaction to us playing soccer than I am about the virus. And I was like, yeah. What do you think? Did I choose a good spot to cut it off? Are you clinging to the end of your seat? Edge of your seat? Are you on the edge of your seat? Well, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is there is a part two to this interview. The bad news is at the time of this recording, I, I don't have it together. It's and, and, and if you're listening to this right after I put it out, you're not going to be able to listen to part two. So I'll, I really will try to get it up there soon. But you know how these things go. Anyway, thanks again to Joe. Thanks again to you, all you folks out there. If you have any questions... Um, ask your dad, ask Papa. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody until next time. Adios.